The following story is certified grim for extremely violent deaths and may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. Little brother and little sister. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. Little brother took his little sister by the hand and said, Since our mother died, we've had no happiness. Our stepmother beats us every day, and if we come near her, she kicks us away with her foot. Our meals are the hard crusts of bread that are left over, and the little dog under the table is better off, for she often throws it a nice bit. May heaven pity us, if only our mother knew. Come, we will go forth together into the wide world. This what? This is bleak. <sighs> yeah, so little brother and sister, he's saying we're treated so badly by our stepmother. Let's get out of here. Yeah, and the dog gets better food. Yeah. That's not nice. They walked the whole day over meadows, fields, and stony places. And when it rained, the little sister said, Heaven and our hearts are weeping together. In the evening, they came to a large forest. And they were so weary with sorrow and hunger and the long walk that they lay down in a hollow tree and fell asleep. The next day, when they awoke, the sun was already high in the sky and shone down hot into the tree. Then the brother said, Sister, I am thirsty. If I only knew of a little brook, I would go and just take a drink. I think I hear one running. The brother got up and took the little sister by the hand and they set off to find the brook. But the wicked stepmother was a witch and had seen how the two children had gone away and had crept after them stealthily, as witches do creep, and had bewitched all the brooks in the forest. That is not good. No. So he's thirsty, they've gone to find a brook, but the stepmother, she's a wicked witch, and she's bewitched the brooks. So she knows where they are. She saw how they'd gone away, and she crept after them stealthily. Okay, so she knows they're after a brook, so boom, bewitched all the brooks. Mm. (sighs) Nightmare situation. Uh, What do you do? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Well, but they don't know. Little brother and sister don't know about this. Now, when they found a little brook leaping brightly over the stones, the brother was going to drink out of it. But the sister heard how it said as it ran, Whoever drinks of me will become a tiger. (laughs) What's what? Whoever drinks of me will become a tiger. Then the sister cried, Pray, dear brother, do not drink, or you'll become a wild beast and tear me to pieces. (laughs) And he goes, What? (laughs) <laughs> the brother did not drink, although he was so thirsty, but said, Oh, I'll, I'll wait for the next spring. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the thought that he, she tells him that. It says if you, if you drink from it, you'll turn into a tiger. And he's like, uh, I am thirsty, though. <laughs> like, he's, he's considering it. Yeah, he's like, well, <laughs> well oh, I do like the stripes. <laughs> Wouldn't be all bad. <laughs> When they came to the next brook, the sister heard this also say, Whoever drinks of me will become a wolf. Whoever oh, so you just got to find the right brook and your favourite animal. <laughs> you're laughing. Well, this isn't the right one. The sister cried out, Pray, dear brother, do not drink or you'll become a wolf and devour me. The brother did not drink and said, oh, I'll wait till we come to the next spring. But then I must drink. Say what you like, for my thirst is too great. Why is she not thirsty? Why is he such a drama queen? Why? I'm Why? So thirsty. His, his hearing is terrible. Why is she the only one that can hear what the streamers are saying? Like what? What was that? Just, just wait for the plot holes. Okay. I mean, you've already identified already a few started. little ones. Yeah. yeah. Am I about to fall into some bigger ones? Excellent. And when they came to the third brook, the sister heard how it said as it ran, Whoever drinks of me will become a deer. Whoever drinks of me will become a deer. The sister said, Oh, I pray you, dear brother, do not drink, or you will become a deer and run away from me. But the brother had knelt down at once by the brook, and had bent down and drunk some of the water. And as soon as the first drops touched his lips, he lay there a young deer. Oh dear. 
Hey. <laughs> Top marks. Thanks. And now the sister wept over her poor bewitched brother, and the little deer wept also, <laughs> and sat sorrowfully near her. <laughs> Sorry, that's such a, a surreal image. It's a lot of crying. Just this deer crying. <laughs> well, she just starts crying, like, oh, and then the deer just goes... After a beat, like, oh. <laughs> and everyone's crying. <laughs> That's a sad scene. But at last, the girl said, Be quiet, dear little fox. <laughs> Shut, <up. laughs> Shut up. Shut up, please. I will never, never leave you. Then she untied her golden garter and put it round the fawn's neck. And she plucked reeds and wove them into a soft cord. With this, she tied the little beast and led it on. And she walked deeper and deeper into the forest. So she's walking her brother as a deer. <laughs> With her golden garter. That's weird. Oh, I thought she said he was going to run away if he became a deer. Plot hole alert! <laughs> yeah. Plot hole alert! <laughs> <laughs> and when they had gone a very long way, they came at last to a little house. And the girl looked in. And as it was empty, she thought, we can stay here and live. Then she sought for leaves and moss to make a soft bed for the fawn. And every morning she went out and gathered roots and berries and nuts for herself and brought tender grass for the fawn, who ate out of her hand and was content and played round about her. In the evening... <laughs> Sorry, this is weird. It's quite cute, though. I mean, it's sweet. In the evening, when the sister was tired and had said her prayer, she laid her head upon the fawn's back. That was her pillow, and she slept softly on it. And if only the brother had had his human form... It would have been a delightful life. Oh. Pretty weird, but... It's, yeah. a, it's really weird if you think about it too much. Mm. So, presumably, he can't speak. He's a deer. I would encourage you not to try and come up with any, like, consistent rules. Okay. Because this story will not abide by okay. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, just settle in. Okay. Suspend that disbelief. And go where the story takes me. Go with the fawn and the sister. Okay. For some time, they were alone like this in the wilderness. But it happened that the king of the country held a great hunt in the forest. Then the blasts of the horns, the barking of dogs, and the merry shouts of the huntsmen rang through the trees, oh, and the fawn heard all, and was only too anxious to be there. Oh, said he to his sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> let, let me be off to the hunt. I can't bear it any longer. Wait, what? And he begged so much that at last she agreed. But... Said she to him, C come back to me in the evening. I must shut my door for fear of the rough huntsman. So knock and say, my little sister, let me in, that I may know you. And if you do not say that, I shall not open the door. Then the young fawn sprang away. So happy was he and so merry in the open air. Is this guy moron? <laughs> why is it? This is fawn a moron. Why, why does he want to go join a hunt? Because he thinks it sounds fun. He's just, he just gets this, like, uncontrollable, like... I want to do it. I want to do it. Go to the oh, bugle. Please. Yeah. He's a deer. Well, where do deers not want to be? A hunt. Yeah. Come on. He might be about to find that out. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. The king and the huntsman saw the pretty creature and started mm. after him. But they could not catch him. And when they thought that they surely had him, away he sprang through the bushes and could not be seen. Oh, excellent. Whew. And when it was dark, he ran to the cottage, knocked, and said, <laughs> just that image of a... <laughs> and he said, my little sister, let me in. Then the door was opened for him, and he jumped in and rested himself the whole night through upon his soft bed. The next day, the hunt was on afresh, and when the fawn again heard the bugle horn and the ho-ho of the huntsman, he had no peace. <laughs> but... <laughs> Why are they going ho-ho? Ho-ho! Ho-ho! But said, S sister, le let me be out. I must be off. <laughs> head, Adam's got his head in his hands. <laughs> what? what? He knows what happened yesterday. Why is he doing it again? Stop looking okay. for consistency okay. or sense <laughs> okay. or logic. Okay? <laughs> this is going to be difficult for me. His sister opened the door for him and said, but you must be here again in the evening and, and say your password. When the king and his huntsman again saw the young fawn with the golden collar, they all chased him, but he was too quick and nimble for them. This went on for the whole day, but at last by the evening the huntsman had surrounded him. Oh, no. And one of them wounded him a little in the foot, so that he limped and ran slowly. Then a hunter 
crept after him to the cottage and heard how he said, My little sister, let me in, and saw that the door was opened for him and was shut again at once. The hunter took notice of it all and went to the king and told him what he had seen and heard. Then the king said, Tomorrow we will hunt once more. The little sister, however, was dreadfully frightened when she saw that her fawn was hurt. She washed the blood off him, laid herbs on the wound and said, Go to your bed, dear fawn, that you may get well again. But the wound was so slight that the fawn, next morning, did not feel it any more. And when he again heard the sport outside, he said, I cannot bear it. I must be there. They shall not find it so easy to catch me. The sister cried and said, This time they will kill you. Yeah. And here I am, alone in the forest and forsaken by all the world. I will not let you out. Yeah, don't let him go. Well, th then you'll have me die of grief, answered oh, the fawn. For form. goodness sake. Pull yourself together. Well, let, let him explain himself, Adam. <laughs> I'd love to hear him justify this. When I hear the bugle horns, I feel as if I must jump out of my skin. <laughs> uh, well, and then the sister could not do otherwise, but opened the door for him with a heavy heart. I can't argue with that. <laughs> and the fawn, full of health and joy, bounded into the forest. Oh, Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! When the king saw him, he said to his huntsmen, Now chase him all day long till nightfall, but take care that no one does him any harm. Hmm. As soon as the sun had set, the king said to the hunter, Now come and show me the cottage of the wood. And when he was at the door, he knocked and called out, Dear little sister, let me in. <laughs> <laughs> then the door opened and the king walked in, and there stood a maiden more lovely than any he had ever seen. The maiden was frightened when she saw, not her little fawn, but a man come in who wore a golden crown upon his head. But the king looked kindly at her, stretched out his hand, and said, Will you go with me to my palace and be my dear wife? Oh, no. <laughs> yes, indeed, answered the maiden. But uh, the little fawn must go with me. I cannot leave him. The king said, It shall stay with you as long as you live and shall want nothing. Just then... He came running in, and the sister again tied him with the cord of reeds, took it in her own hand, and went away with the king from the cottage. The king took the lovely maiden upon his horse and carried her to his palace, where the wedding was held with great pomp. She was now the queen, and they lived for a long time happily together. The fawn was tended and cherished and ran about in the palace garden. But oh, the wicked stepmother, because of whom the children had gone out into the world, thought all the time that the sister had been torn to pieces by the wild beasts in the wood and that the brother had been shot for a fawn by the huntsman. Now, when she heard that they were so happy and so well off, envy and hatred rose in her heart mm. and left her no peace, and she thought of nothing but how she could bring them again to misfortune. Her own daughter, who was as ugly as night and had only one eye, grumbled at her and <laughs> said, I said, A queen? That ought to have been my luck. Never mind, answered the old woman, and comforted her by saying, when the time comes, I shall be ready. As time went on, the queen delivered a pretty little boy, and it happened when the king was out hunting. So the queen's just <laughs> given birth. So he di And he didn't stick around for the birth. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Typical king. Yeah. So th th this is all happening very immediately. I need you to yeah. know this. And we know that the stepmother, with her stepdaughter, with only one eye, is out for the queen. Yeah, they've got some kind of plan. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the castle, Queen has given birth to a beautiful little boy. Yeah. The king's out hunting. The old witch took the form of the chambermaid and went into the room where the queen lay and said to her, Come, the bath is ready. It will do you good and give you fresh strength. Make haste before it gets cold. The daughter, like the stepsister, the witch's daughter, yeah. was also close by. So they carried the weakly queen into the bathroom and put her in the bath because she's just given birth. Sure. Then they shut the door and ran away. <laughs> You've been pranked. <laughs> How'd you like that? <laughs> Shut you in the bathroom. <laughs> well, in the bathroom, they had made a fire of such deadly heat that the beautiful young queen was soon suffocated. Whoa, what a strange plan. Death by hot we get, bath. We're going to sneak into the castle, run you a bath, <laughs> sneak you into the bathroom, light a big fire and so, run away. Bath's going to be so hot. <laughs> oh, you're going to suffocate. When this was done... The old woman took her daughter, put a nightcap on her head, and laid her in bed in place of the queen. She gave her, too, the shape and look of the queen, only she could do nothing for the lost eye. But in, 
<laughs> her magic's not quite that good. <laughs> okay. like, I could do a lot with what I've got here. <laughs> but, limitations. Uh, <laughs> but in order that the king might not see it, she's, she's thought of it though. She's made uh, her daughter lie on the side on which she had no eye. Smart. Well, as long as you stay like that for the rest of your life, you'll be fine. You'll be all right. <laughs> While I try and come up with a better plan. So she's like, Mom, are you sure this is going to work? Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Just only ever no turn words. right. <laughs> King's like they're out for a walk. Yeah. Going a oh, look circle. at this. Hang on, I'll just spin around this way. <laughs> <laughs> I can so picture that she's just turned it's like the, the dark side of the moon or something you never get to see it it's like I never get to see the left half of it I, isn't that a myth that there's a dark side of the moon it's not a myth no I think it is a myth though I don't think it is though yeah but that's because you believe the myth <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think that's true I think it is true I don't think it is I think it is oh, true we're getting sidetracked but I really want to google shall we save it all right, we'll save that. But in this episode, yeah. there'll be definitive proof of who is right. So stay tuned <laughs> for a, that. That's a cliffhanger. Scintillating. Oh, Aww. we'll be right back We've after reeled this. We've <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, no one's going to be listening to the story now. They should be Googling that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what's going on? Yeah, so good plan there. Good yeah. plan. Yeah. <laughs> in the evening... When he came home and heard that he had a son, he was heartily glad and was going to the bed of his dear wife to see how she was. But the old woman quickly called out, For your life, leave the curtains closed. The queen ought not to see the light yet and must have rest. The king went away and did not find out that a false queen was lying in the bed. Hmm. So the mum, the witch mum, stepmum, just jumped in to stop the king going in there. Yep. But at midnight, when all slept, the nurse who was sitting in the nursery by the cradle, new character, and who was the only person awake, saw the door open and the true queen walk in. The queen took the child out of the cradle, laid it on her arm and suckled it. Then she shook up its pillow, laid the child down again and covered it with a little quilt. And she did not forget the fawn, which we all have at the, by this point. Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> eating some grass. But went into the corner where it lay and stroked its back. Then she went quite silently out of the door again. The next morning, the nurse asked the guards whether anyone had come into the palace during the night, but they answered, No, we've seen no one. She came thus many nights and never spoke a word. The nurse always saw her, but she did not dare to tell anyone about it. When some time had passed in this manner, the queen began to speak in the night and said, How fares my child? How fares my fawn? Twice shall I come, then never more. Mm. Didn't quite rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it says she said, but it feels like a song. It's sort of written like a song. Yeah. The way I'm showing out in the book. I feel like she could have worked on that a bit. dawn, like before the dawn or something. Oh, yeah. Come on. All right, let's work this up for yeah. the, the next one. We've got more. <laughs> We've got some more bars coming. Oh, excellent. The nurse didn't answer because she said, how fares my child, how fares the thorn? But when the queen had gone again, went to the king and told him all. The king said, Ah, heavens, what is this? Tomorrow night I will watch by the child. In the evening, he went... I'm, surprised, I'm amazed you don't have more questions, to be honest, Adam. I mean, this is a ghost queen, right? This y is your classic yeah. ghost queen situation. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. Yeah, goes without saying, almost. Pretty standard stuff. Yeah. In the evening, he went into the nursery. So he's gone down yeah. to see what's going on. <laughs> And at midnight, the queen again appeared and said, How fares my child? How fares my fawn? Once will I come, then never more. And she nursed the child as she did before she disappeared. And the king, what? He's just sat there watching. Sat there with the, um, uh, with the night maid or whatever. Why the, doesn't the he nurse. intervene? They're just watching. What? He's kind of got his boots up on the table, I'm picturing. Yeah. Just looking at it. So, and then he looks over at the nurse. She sort of averts her eyes, and she's like, "Well, oh, that's that's the queen." And he's just like, uh. "Well, actually, it says the king dared not speak to her." Okay. But on the next night, he watched again. Then she said, "How fares my child? How fares my fawn? This time I come, then never more." It's the last time. Oh, I know. Then the king could not restrain himself. He sprang towards her and said. 
You can be none other than my dear wife. She answered, Yes, I am your dear wife. And at the same moment, she received life again, and by God's grace became fresh, rosy, and full of health. Then she told the king the evil deed which the wicked witch and her daughter had been guilty of towards her. The king ordered both of them to be led before the judge, and judgment was delivered against them. The daughter was taken into the forest where she was torn to pieces by wild beasts, <laughs> but the witch was cast into the fire and miserably burnt. And as soon as she was burnt, the fawn changed his shape and received his human form again. Yay! So the sister and brother lived happily together all their lives. The end. I kind of feel like you had a kind of a raised, arched eyebrow. That whole story. You were just yeah. like, yeah, come on then. Yeah, what's yeah, happening come on, next? Man. Oh, yeah. You gave up on, on trying to make sense of it, maybe? D definitely. The look in your eye. Very early on. You're a broken man. It doesn't make sense, does it? No. Well, kind of does, but it doesn't really. I was hoping it would have enough sort of gusto I mean, it to see us through. There's a lot going on. But... It's quite weird. You know, a girl walking around her brother by a lead. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> by the really garter. Well, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, that's the main plot hole, actually, that I wrote down. Which sort of, you know, we reached the sort of peak of your, the crest of your plot hole disbelief at the beginning. Yeah. And then you kind of petered off. But that was, for me, the zenith. He clearly still has all his faculties. Yeah. He's talking. Yeah. So why does he need a collar? Yeah. Doesn't he make can any walk. sense. Yeah. He, no, he has a human brain. No, he doesn't have a human brain. He's got human faculties, at least. He can speak. It's a kind of, there's a duality there. There's, yeah. He's himself, his mind. He's just a deer. So surely he, you don't need to strap your garter around his neck. It's, yeah, uh, you're absolutely so, right. Like, in terms of plot holes, for me, that is... A clear plot hole. That's a big one. You might think that like there's a kind of psychological thing going on here. I think this has been interpreted in that way. These th this story has. He's like the animal nature, like he's this sort of impulsive animal yeah. side where he's like you know he's desperate to like he just goes out when he hears the horn yeah. versus her cool rationality and that's symbolised by her putting the collar on. Okay. That and that's fine if you want to interpret it like that. But it doesn't make sense within the internal logic of the story. I mean, Matt, there is no internal logic of the story. <sighs> oh, where is that internal logic, Adam? Because he he's he was impulsive from the start, wasn't it? It's like I like how they're both in the same situation, but he's like, I'm really thirsty. She's fine, but yeah. he somehow is really thirsty. And by the third stream, he's like, I just have to drink it. Yes. You'll become a deer. Yeah. I've just I've got to drink it. <laughs> and then he's desperate to join the hunt. Why would he want to join the hunt? He's a deer. <laughs> it makes no sense. And also, the whole thing with, oh, he's got a password to get in. And then the king's got to, like, learn the password. Mm. Just walk in the door, surely. It's just a little cottage. Yeah. You're the king. It doesn't really... I think you're right. I think literally, when you pull up the thread, the entire story unravels. Apart. It literally doesn't make sense. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Adam, I'm having a breakdown here, please. <laughs> oh, it doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't. And you'd think that we'd be used to that by now. And we kind of are, but yeah. that really doesn't make sense. No. But in a way, that's almost impressive that it, kind of, it does hold together just about yeah. as a coherent story. Despite not really making sense at all. It, it doesn't have any semblance of normality nobody acts in the way that any human would act yeah like nothing about that feels like it should exist <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just so odd i think another big um plot hole for me like one of the the top ones on this p big pile of plot holes yeah on this plot hole story <laughs> is that 
so the very end, the, the, as you said, the king, he was watching his wife nursing the child, his, the ghost nursing the child. Yeah. So that meant that the stepsister, the witch's daughter, is, it, is in the bed, a, <laughs> lying on one side, like day after day after day after day. Yeah. The king, it says that he goes each night to watch, but he still thinks that the, the girl in the bed is the queen. Yeah. So why doesn't he talk to her or wake her? Or Yeah, exactly. What? It's like, what? but that's that's that the, you always have to have the one thing that undoes this magic spell, and this is mm. recognizing his wife. Yeah, <laughs> you're my wife. <laughs> it's taken two nights, <laughs> but it's suddenly I'm back. I've definitely seen you somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's my boy. Oh, <laughs> it's just so weird. And also, yeah. also, like I like how the the um, evil step sister. Comes in at the last minute, not mentioned at the beginning at all. Hmm. There's a brother and sister that lead yeah. a miserable life, and the dog gets fed more than them. Never mentioned the stepsister. No, just completely thrown <laughs> in there, uh, absolutely randomly. The whole like not having an eye thing, kind of is only there. I feel too mean that she's not involved in any other way. She's just lying in bed, right. hiding. Yeah, but even that seems a bit unnecessary. You know what I mean? It feels like a desperate sort of plot device to keep her out of the story. But actually, that implies that there is some sort of logic and there isn't any. There's so. none. And she gets torn to shreds at the end, which is nice. Some good violent deaths. In yeah, there. Oh, absolutely. Including the queen getting uh, suffocated in a bath. By fire. Quite. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Again, doesn't yeah. make sense. Nothing makes sense. But quite cool to see that in the middle of the story. Yeah. Not just the, the villains at the end receiving their uh, extreme... Yeah. punishment but uh, to but see actually, that in the middle of the story yeah. the hero it's just part of me thinks if you were to be trapped in a room with a fire the room you would want it to be is the bathroom a water source to put the fire out yeah mm. I'm picturing it as the queen's like absolutely exhausted yeah. after giving birth they kind of like half drag her to the bathroom where the bath is basically boiling and it's like a steam room and, I don't know, she just can't handle it and dies. Whoa. I mean, because it, it doesn't really make sense. No. But, uh... Oh, what a horrible image. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Boiling bath. <laughs> One thing I noticed about this is that it's another sibling adventure story joining Hansel and Gretel and Fundifogel all three of which involve a younger brother and older sister sticking together through thick and thin and the sister saves the brother from a witch and also in Hansel and Gretel like this story it all goes belly up because they ate something that they shouldn't or drank Uh, so he drank the stream water Hansel ate some of the Sweetie House. Yeah, and Gretel did, to be fair. Yeah. But and they all involve the sister rescuing... The older sister rescuing a younger brother. That's true. Which is kind of mad, if you think about it. It is quite often the sister saving the brothers anyway, even with the ones where the sister, there's like one sister and six brothers or whatever. Right. Well, this is it, Adam. So yeah. this whole thing got me thinking about other configurations of siblings in yeah. our stories. So along with... Uh, what I've seen to have identified as older sister, younger brother. Well, this is the two. We yeah. also have, you're alluding to the maiden who rescues her brother's stories. Yeah. Where you have a youngest sister with five or seven or just loads or 12 in one 12, case. yeah. Older brothers. And she has to save them all yeah. as well. I also thought you have the simpleton stories. We get three brothers. Yeah. But they're all competing with each other and even murderous. And then They're the only murderous. other, yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, don't you remember the the golden birds? They pushed him down the well. Literally they did about what? two episodes ago. They did what? They pushed them down the. Oh, well. Oh yeah, that that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. And the only other one I thought of is Fitch's bird, which was a big family. You had one sister who reanimated two of her other sister's corpses, and then a bunch of brothers burnt down the wizard's house. So I, I just don't thought, even remember that one. No, well, don't worry. Uh, big family there. So you've got big family, but we also have youngest sister with a load of older brothers, 
then we got the older sister and the younger brother, which we just had. And uh, yeah, and the simpleton stories with three brothers who compete. So yeah, yeah we, we get these sort of repeated patterns of yeah. this like familial setup, which is quite interesting. It is interesting. You do see the same configuration, family configuration, time and again. Yeah, I, th- I guess that's why something like, actually, now I think about it, something like Beauty and the Beast is actually quite refreshing because there was like three sisters. And, and it's not like, uh, you know, a good sister and an a evil stepsister. They were just three sisters, all of them good. That is actually... Yes, there was, yeah. Although I would just unusual. say in the, at least the Madame Beaumont version, the, like one of the early French versions of Beauty and the Beast, the sisters were evil sisters. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So but in the Grimm's I, version we read... They were, they were all right. They yeah. were all right, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, there are lots of different types of family setups. But interestingly, there are some that repeat themselves. Yeah. Seemingly. And the brother-sister one... I He's think one of them. we've identified it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on that note, the source for Little Brother and Little Sister was Marie Hassenflug. She told this story to the Grimms, and it's been included since the first edition of 1812. Now, one interesting quirk with this story to note is that since publication, and especially concerning translations, Little Brother and Little Sister has often been confused with Hansel and Gretel. Has it? And this goes back to the very beginning. In the Grimm's early manuscript for the fairy tale book, which was a handwritten document from 1810 that we have a surviving copy of, Yeah. the Brothers Grimm's working title for Hansel and Gretel was Little Brother and Little Sister. So I believe the thinking is that they later chose to add the names Hansel and Gretel themselves. But originally, in this early manuscript, they just simply had the title Little Brother and Little Sister. Wow. I think the origins of Hansel and Gretel are a little murky. We don't actually know where they got it from. Yeah, when we did that episode, did we sort of pontificate on the... No, I don't think back then I knew really, like, knew how to (laughs) find that information. (laughs) It was quite early on in the run. Uh, no, we didn't even go near the origins right. of it, but it is... Uh, so it's entirely possible that the names Hansel and Gretel are just inventions of the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, I, well, and I'm wondering if we can thank this story for forcing them to add names to the other one. Because so, they had two little brothers and little sisters. Yeah. So they were like, well, we've got to give, you know, we've got to differentiate them. Yeah. Let's just give two common names to, uh, to this one, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. And the rest is history. And it goes on to become one of the most iconic fairy tales of all time. Yeah, maybe. We can only speculate and uh, invent. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this has caused confusion with some publications publishing Hansel and Gretel under the title Little Brother and Little Sister. Oh, dear, Matt. I know, it's a nightmare. And the, the ramifications have been in no way small, Adam. It's caused slight confusion for us here at the castle... Uh, And actually, now it's helped clear up a mystery because in the first book we ever used for this podcast, it was uh, the 1823 translation by Edgar Taylor. So this was the first time the Brothers Grimm had ever been translated outside of German. It was uh, in England by Edgar Taylor. The first book we used, used that translation. He called Little Brother and Little Sister Hansel and Gretel. So I was reading, and I remember this in our Hansel and Gretel episode, I, I went to his book to think, oh, maybe we'll use his translation because yeah. it's quite good. So I thought I was, you know, I went to Hansel and Gretel, but, and I started reading it, and I was like, wait, why, why is Hansel now a deer? And, and she's, is Gretel's putting Totally a, different story. A, when you're expecting yeah. the story of Hansel and Gretel, it comes as a shock. It was weird. Mm. And I just, that was when I was just like, oh, no, Edgar, go away. No, you're just <laughs> confusing me. Yeah, but it is interesting that that's the that was the first ever, uh, as I said, translation of the Grimm's. It had an impact on the Grimm's and how they uh, subsequently uh, presented their fairy tales because it was such a success in England. Yeah, so it was quite an important translation, is what I'm saying. So working from that, you know, it's easy to see how the confusion was sown, and it's just been a little bit of a mess ever since. Sure, and to be fair, like it probably been sorted and fixed and now i'm just throwing up the confusion again <laughs> but um 
over the over time, Hansel and Gretel and Little Brother and Little Sister have been very confused. Now, as an oral folk story, uh, Little Brother and Little Sister, it's fairly widespread across Europe. Uh, versions found in Sicily, Greece, Russia, France, England. Stories that follow a similar trajectory to the one we just heard. Yeah. But the earliest brother and sister adventure fairy tale documented on paper is a little story by Giambattista Pazzile. <laughs> Our resident naughty Neapolitan. Well, he penned a story called Nenillo and Nenella, which is from the Tale of Tales published in the 1630s in Naples, one of the earliest ever fairy tale books. Okay. Now, interestingly, I already briefly raised this in our Hansel and Gretel episode. Yeah. Does that really ring a bell? Well, wow. no, if I'm honest. But the 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 idea that these are the title of the story are the names of the two children immediately brings to mind Hansel and Gretel. So that it's, does not surprise me. No, Nanillo and Nanella. No, yeah. it's very different to Hansel and Gretel and Little Brother and Little Sister. But yeah. there are some crossovers. I mean, I'm happy to I'm happy to share very quickly the story. Well, yes, please. Another brother and sister adventure. Excellent. Shall we? Yes. Okay. Nanillo and Nanella. So there was once a great guy called Ianuccio, and he's got two children, Nanillo and Nanella. The wife dies and he remarries, so they've got a stepmom now. Or, as Basile puts it, and death, having with the smooth file of time severed the prison bars of his wife's soul, he took an ugly hag for his wife, an accursed B-word, who, as soon as she set foot in his house, began to act like the horse that wants the stable all to itself. My goodness. He can turn a phrase, He's on fine form this evening. (laughs) Wow. So, basically, he gets remarried to a really cruel, nasty woman after his initial wife so anyway the father agreed to get rid of them his kids because she's like i don't want your kids in the house i hate them and he's like all right and he took them to the woods left them there but then said to them you know i'm going to leave a trail of ash just follow this you know back to the house follow it if you need anything so far so hansel and gretel right yeah kids went back to the house stepmother went ballistically nuts What kind of nice work is this? (laughs) Get them out of my sight this instance. Otherwise, you can pick your teeth and dream of sleeping with me. And tomorrow morning, I'll slip away to my family's house since you don't deserve me. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. (laughs) You can pick your teeth and dream of sleeping with me. Otherwise, I'm staying at my mother's. That's brilliant. (laughs) All kinds of wrong. Uh, so nothing for it. He takes the kids back into the woods yeah. and says, "There's nothing for it because he wants to, you know." Uh, brilliant. It's like you know, like, <laughs> guys. It's great. It's like you're going camping, right? You've got the grass, there's fresh uh, water in the river. You'll love it out here. No, and we want to go home. No, you want to be out here. It's great, isn't it? Nature's bounty will sustain you guys. It's just like one big play park. Come on. And he left a trail of barley for them to follow. He's like, yeah. I'm just going to leave this trail for you. So yep. You can still get home. But a rogue donkey eats it up and they are stuck. But as chance would have it, yep. so I'm going to try to speed this up, right? Yep. So one day a prince was hunting in those woods. The kids became alarmed. Nanillo, he hid in a hollow tree, but Nanella, she just ran for her life. She just legged it. Wow. And she emerged out of the forest and found herself at the seashore and was immediately abducted by pirates. What are the chances? The pirate boss is uh, totally moved uh, by Nanella, and he and his wife decide to raise her like their daughter. He's got a wife on board. Yeah, the pirate, pirate and his wife. I don't think of pirates having wives. <laughs> like, that's and an adoptive daughter, yeah, because yeah. they're still basically kids at this point. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, the hunting dogs have found Nanello in the tree, and the prince went up to him, and the prince's heart is moved. Oh. He says, what a lovely little boy. What, you know, what could have happened to you? Yeah. And it's, I think he's like five years old. He's literally a child, yeah. Nanello. And the prince takes the kid back to the castle to be raised and educated. In particular, he's taught the art of meat carving. <laughs> That's so <laughs> weird. The years went by. And so they're, you know, they're estranged from each other now. Yeah, she's a pirate. He's a butcher. He is a buyer. Nanello, he's a master meat carver now. Oh, yeah. So the prince is top security agency have been working hard and the palace have identified 
the thieving pirate who's been causing all the trouble in the realm. Oh. So it, like they're on to yeah. the pirate who's Nanella's dad. You look confused. Oh, current dad. Yeah, adoptive yeah, father. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. So the pirate thinks, word gets to the pirate because he's got his insiders. And he thinks, uh-oh, let's get out of here, family. And all the family, they hop on board the pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about what you were saying. <laughs> Don't know what's going on. <laughs> Are we going to be broadcasting this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the pirate family hop on board the, the pirate. pirate ship. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, and they, they sail off. But a storm capsizes the vessel immediately and everybody drowns. No, what? Everybody except Nanella, because she gets swallowed by a giant enchanted fish. Okay. But in the fish's belly, she finds all these incredible things. There's like bucolic countryside stretching ahead of her, lovely gardens, in big old palace. Belly. Yeah. And she about? lived like a princess there. <laughs> so she moved into the fish. <laughs> what? No. What is going on? Now, one summer, it's a hot day, and the fish drove to a reef and opened <laughs> You've added that bit. This isn't, I'm not reading this verbatim. Yeah, but the fish well, drove right to the beach. Oh, it's a lovely day. Pop the top down. Listen, I got this ready very quickly, so yeah. I didn't <laughs> proofread my work here. That's good, the fish drove to the beach. So he drove to a reef. Oh, the and he opened his mouth wide and Nanella just like chilled out in the, in the fish's mouth sunbathing. So it's a nice little scene. This is so weird. Now it so happens that the royal palace was right on the seafront overlooking this reef and uh, Nanello happens to go up on the walls where he's sharpening his meat carving knife. Yep. And his sister sees him from inside the fish's mouth and says, Oh brother, oh brother, the knives are sharpened and the table is set but I don't like living in the fish without you. Nanillo, he just ignores it. <laughs> and, Don't look uh, over them, it's the weirdo. The prince, however, he thinks, what's all this shouting? And he, and he gets a report back. Someone's saying inside a fish, oh brother, oh brother, and just repeating this over and over again. So the prince gathers the whole castle together. He says, right, has anybody lost a sister? Anyone at all? Don't be shy. And Nanillo suddenly says, yeah, I, I have some vague recollection, actually, is it? As if it were a dream, you know. I feel like I remember his sister. Yeah, because he was like five years old. Oh, so he's no, no memory of this. So they all go out to the fish in a little tugboat. Or <laughs> Let's go know. to see the fish. And out pops Nanella. They're reunited. And oh, she explains the whole story. She was a little bit older. She remembers. The dad is then summoned and, and the stepmom. And they're all reunited. There's lots of hugging and crying. And the stepmother's just there looking a bit awkward. Mm. And the prince, he goes up to her and he says, this is nice, isn't it? They're all happy. What a lovely family. You know, what would you do to anyone who wanted to hurt this family? Right? Smart. Yeah. I can see where this is yeah. going. I'm going to read directly from the, the book now. Okay. In Basile's words, we're going to finish this story. Oh, have we got time? <laughs> <laughs> and she, well, she answered the step, the evil stepmother answered, if it were for me... I'd put that person in a sealed barrel and roll it down a mountain. There, you've got it, said the prince. The goat has turned its horns against itself. Come on then, you've pronounced your sentence, and now you'll pay for having shown these lovely stepchildren such hatred. He thus ordered that the sentence that she herself had decreed be carried out, and then he found an exceedingly rich nobleman to whom he gave Nanella as wife, and a daughter of another nobleman for Nanillo and set all of them up with income sufficient to support themselves and their father, so that they would never again need help of anyone. And when she had been planked up in a barrel, the stepmother lost the planks of her life, and for as long as she had breath, she shouted from a hole, To him who mischief seeks shall mischief fall. There comes an hour that recompenses all. <laughs> the end. So, there's the first bro-sister fairy tale story for you. Wow. She lost the planks of her life. That's not the first barrel death we've had, is Get it? Get a lot of barrel deaths Quite here a few. in our fairy tales. 
I, d- I love a barrel death. Oh, me too. Oh. It's always a highlight. I think it's one of the earliest deaths we ever had. It was. It was quite I- late. We had our first uh, extreme It was death. the first certified grim, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken. It was it was grisly and gruesome. And that and was it, the three little men in the woods? It was, yeah. It was yeah. Ba- we had some barrel death. But, and it, but it, and that one had spikes in. That did. That was Extra an upgraded yeah. barrel. Um, I really like that. I really like that as well. There's loads of things I really like about it. I like the fact that basically the big, benevolent, um, powerful character in the story mm-hmm. is Prince, not a king. That seems weirdly Italian. I can't really put my finger yeah. on that. Well, I'd say that's because we always have a king. Yeah. And it, I think it, like in the Grimm's, I mean, never says the prince. No. Which is what you expect from a fairy tale. Yeah. So it's gone an actual prince. And he isn't someone that whisks away a young girl and like yeah. says, oh, you'll be my wife. No, he just takes care of a kid and like reunites them. Like, that's nice. And that's exactly where, for me, it diverged from all expectations. Yeah. When the king's hunting in the forest, you think, oh, he's going to find the girl, yeah. marry the girl. Exactly. No, what happens is he finds the boy, the girl runs and gets abducted by pirates. <laughs> Like what? Come on! <laughs> and you're like, great. okay, this is different. Yeah. And this is from, as I say, one of the earliest ever fairy tale books yeah. ever published, and it feels fresh and new and different. Absolutely. Love Bazile. He's great, isn't he? Yeah. Right. Well, I'm. I don't know about you. I'm ready for the scores. Me too. Apart from the fact that I'm not actually ready because I haven't thought of a score. Okay. Well, just to say, while Adam gathers himself, this mm. is the part of the show where we each give the story we've just heard a mark out of 10 for a possible maximum score of 20 points. Adam, what are you leaning towards? What are you, what are you thinking? Well, my thoughts are that it was a really fun story. Lots of fun elements to it. A lot of fun. But it didn't make any sense. <laughs> No, and I think I didn't even realise how little it made sense <laughs> until you were really got the magnifying glass out. Yeah. It's like, oh, actually, genuinely. Makes I got a bit, no sense. I don't know, it's this kind of uncanny feeling when yeah. I started to realise nothing makes sense about that story. <laughs> yeah. It's just a veil. <laughs> it's like, it seems like it should come make some kind of yeah. sense, but you look at it closely and you're like, it's a mirage. Almost like a, an alien has been given homework to like make a human story. Yeah. <laughs> that a human would like would pass as a human story and it's like oh you can't you've almost got it right but it's not quite <laughs> but it's just human wrong there's something don't do wrong that. yeah and of course like the fairy tales don't make sense as a genre you know they are quite simplistic yeah they're the like you don't go into the psychology of the characters it's yeah. just someone does a does this to b that does that to c and Absolutely. you have ar- archetypal characters but even so, often it just about makes sense. Whereas it does. this doesn't make any sense. And I sense. think that some of the moments we really like, or particularly me, because I'm hearing the story for the first time, get a real kick out of are the ones where it does kind of make sense. Like there is a kind of logic there. Like uh, one recently was the, the kind of twist ending at the, uh, at the end of Brother Lustig, <laughs> you know, where he like, passes the bag inside the gate and mm-hmm. then gets himself and it's like oh that's brilliant mm-hmm. whereas when you've got a story that just makes no sense it's a little frustrating I like that your example of a story that makes sense is Brother Lustig oh come <laughs> on it's not a story that makes sense it's wacky but it makes kind of sense actually no it doesn't well it kind of does I think it's fun yeah. I think maybe that's the difference maybe this wasn't as much fun mm. and it didn't have any clever narrative uh, or pl- plot devices in yeah. it, which Brother Lustig did have. He definitely did have. I'm leaning towards a five, like an even five, because mm-hmm. it's not a terrible story. And there was some fun to be had, but it was bogged down by its own nonsensicalness. Okay, I think that is a sensible score. Yeah. Init- well, initially I didn't like it. When I first read it, I didn't really like it. Mm. Uh, I felt disappointed. I felt like it has a really good setup yeah. with that whole, they've run away from home and then there's the, you know, the, the water, talking water yeah. and the brothers turned into a deer. That's all great. Oh yeah. But yeah. Basically I think it started really strongly and then mm. it goes all weird. And that bit at the end is a bit weird with the singing. doesn't make any sense. No. But then on top of that, we're then also, 
well, I'm sort of comparing it to Hansen and Gretel. Yeah. Because they're kind of historically intertwined. And I think Hansel and Gretel is how you do the brother and sister having to like be kicked out by their stepmother story. Yeah. I mean, that's what like that's currently our second highest ever scoring story, Hansel and Gretel. Wow. And I kind of feel like this one really pales in comparison. Oh, without question, yeah. So I was thinking about a five. I'm tempted to go a bit lower, to be honest. Mm, but that does feel maybe a bit unfair. You do whatever feels right. I think I was expecting to come here with a five, but I wasn't aware until reading it to you in your analysis of how little it made sense. So I think that's going to knock off half a point. So I'm going to go 4.5. 4.5? Yeah. It's a sub five score from Matt. Wow. So that gives us a grand total of 9.5. 9.5. Less than 10 out of 20. For the penultimate story of the series. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, we haven't got much momentum going into the final episode. Or it's just all set up to make the final one look yes. extra good. Yes. Yeah. That's how I like your thinking. Yeah. Only way is up. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you for our series finale, Little wow. Red Riding Hood. Can't believe we're actually already there. I know. It's crazy. I'm excited, Matt. It's a big one. It's a big one. It's a biggie. It's one of the biggest ones, I'd say. So I should probably head home and uh, get get to a, to looking into that. J- don't just be careful yeah. on your way back. Don't if you see a lovely, delicious looking brook, don't drink. <laughs> really, don't drink. Really, quite no, thirsty. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, if the water talks to me, I'll. I'll <laughs> That's normally a sign. I'll probably go to bed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's wise. You give me a lot of warnings before I leave these days. I quite like it. You're really concerned about my safety. Are you just feeling a bit vulnerable with you everything at the moment? You can't be too careful. You can't be too careful. And I'd never forgive myself if I didn't, if I didn't impart these warnings, just in case anything did happen. We've so. got rogue demon foxes. We've got Baba Yaga. We've yeah. got now talking magical water. It's treacherous out there. It Matt. is. Stay right. safe. Stay okay. safe. Right, well, I shall uh, wrap up in my cloak. Excellent. And ride my steed as quickly as possible back to my castle. I bid you adieu, good sir. (laughs) Well, yes. Until next time, keep it grim. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Grim Reading Pod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Grim Reading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. Hello, it's Adam from the future. Thanks for listening to the end of the podcast. I was editing the episode and realised we never actually got to the bottom of the dark side of the moon situation. So after a quick Google, I can confirm that I think technically we're both right. Not sitting on the fence here, but there is a dark side of the moon in as much as there is a side of the moon which never faces us here on Earth. However, that side of the moon does, of course, receive sunlight and isn't always dark. So technically, Matt is right as well. There isn't a completely dark side of the moon, but there is a side of the moon that we never see here on Earth. So everyone's a winner. Anyway, had to drop that in. Thanks for listening. Keep it grim.